Salutations and all that jazz from sunny Orlando, Florida, the city beautiful. This is the Pack Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, David, and with me as always is my brother, Michael. Hey, everybody out there. Thanks so much for listening. All right. We've been on a little bit of a tear when it comes to uh, cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons of different varieties. Maybe not strictly Saturday morning. Yeah, but it's one of these things that, you know, we're bent toward nostalgia at times, and this is something that I don't know a lot about a lot of things, but I know a little about a lot of things, including cartoons. <laughs> yep, and we're going to continue that. At least one more episode uh, in the series, and it's this one right here. We're going to talk about a cartoon that was popular in the early to mid-80s primarily. So in 1977, let me give you a little history first. There was an idea that no one else had tried. We're going to use innovative animation to dramatize and communicate stories from the Bible and Christian principles to young and the young at heart. Yes, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yep, and this was birthed by CBN, which is Christian Broadcasting Network. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, this, when they started, they mostly showed just 700 Club three times a day, and they show <laughs> old westerns and other family fare. But in 1981, CBN created a children's animated Bible series as part of an outreach to the nation of Japan. Okay. Well, did they realize what impact that series would have in Japan and around the world? And that series was known as Animated Parent and Child Theater. What? Anime Ayaka Gagijo. Uh, I, I produced by Tatsunoko Productions in Japan in conjunction with CBN in the United States. What was the name of this show? Uh, Animated Parent and Child Theater. Okay, that is not what I expect you to say. Uh, you would probably know it better by its American term, Superbook. Ah, uh, yes. Or Superbuku. <laughs> oh, Superbuku? Yes. Oh, okay, well, that sounds like something like a, con- or a hiragana or katakana yeah, phrase it, of that. Yeah, it is. definitely is uh, katakana, which is one of the syllabaries in Japan where they take an American word and write it in uh, Japanese. Uh, now, CBN did not plan to air this series outside of Japan. Oh, that's tragic. Because they thought Japanese animation was not marketable at the time. Looking back at Superbook, it does have a very unique visual style that I would uh, uh, associate with anime. So that, that makes sense. So a lot of these themes uh, were very um, memorable. So I want to play you a little bit of the I might play a lot of bit of the <laughs> Superbook theme uh, to see if you remember it. When I opened the book, you know, I didn't know what I was going to find. I saw the flash of light just a coming out. Oh, what a beautiful sight. Then I was flying, I was flying. Oh, super book. Yes. I was afraid to 
Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, this goes on for another, I don't know, 30 seconds or so. He's like fighting a snake here. Pretty yeah. brave of him. Right. Is that like a snake from the garden? I believe it is. <laughs> okay, so he's actually fighting the serpent in the garden. Yeah, in the Garden of Eden. Yes, yes. It's quite a, a rocky song. It is. Wrapping up now. Good old Superbook. Yes, I remember that. Uh, I remember that theme. So those who are not familiar with Superbook, I'll go ahead and talk to, to you a little bit about that. So it was also known as, uh, like I said, Anime Oyaka Kukijo, which is the animated child in a uh, parent theater. And it begins at the home of a young boy named, do you remember his name? Chris. Yep, Christopher or Chris Peeper. Oh, Peeper. I yep. forgot about the Peeper yep. part. He discovers the ancient Bible named Superbook that can speak and send him his friend... Joy. Joy. And his clockwork toy figure, Gizmo, named Gizmo the Crusader Robot, back in times during the events of the Old and New Testaments. I forgot he was a Crusader Robot. He was Crusader Robot. He was actually a toy in the first uh, Superbook, the first scene of Superbook. He was a toy that he was made by uh, his uh, dad, I believe. Okay. So in the first episode, Chris and Joy discovered this book to take them back in time, particularly during biblical times. Now, this first series, uh, as you can re- probably remember, I think the first episode was they were in uh, the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve. And it went through several stories. There were 26 uh, episodes in this uh, season. And it covers mostly, uh, I think pretty much all, yeah, mostly the Old Testament. No, I think it is, yeah, all the Old Testament is all it covers in this one. And it covers... The gamut of <laughs> Old Testament stories here. You've got Jacob and Esau, Abraham and Isaac, and Noah's Ark later on. It goes into uh, Gideon and the picture of fire. There's Samson and Delilah. They do have the birth of Jesus. That was their Christmas episode. Okay. It aired in December. And then they did have one on the life and ministry of Jesus, but only one episode. Oh, well, that's a lot to fit in with one episode. And then, the, well, the, there's also the death and resurrection. Oh, okay. But then, I mean, you've got some pretty obscure ones as well. Um, they got Nehemiah and the Walls. I don't remember that episode. I don't either. One. That doesn't stick out to me. I probably saw it because I do remember enjoying this show. I was raised in church, and this is something that was interesting to me. These were the stories I heard in Sunday school, and here they are. In cartoon form, this is very entertaining and exciting. Right, but it was a very different cartoon. This wasn't Tom and Jerry. This wasn't Bugs Bunny. This wasn't even like the Super Friends or the Smurfs. This was definitely, you can tell it was made for a Japanese audience. It was very, I probably, your earliest exposure to anime. Uh, that sort of style of the people, the way they spoke, the way they had reactions. Yes. A lot of, oh, you know, just a lot of, <laughs> just the way that. Uh, like a lot of gasping and theatrical pauses and stuff like that. Exactly. A, a lot of that. Now. Um, so that was the opening theme. Do you remember any certain uh, episodes uh, of this one? So I, I don't know if this is one that covers uh, Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it's not. Okay. I'm thinking that in my You're head. thinking of the second season of Superbook. Okay, because that, that, I know that stuck in my head, when the, like the depiction of Lot's wife being a pillar of salt 
Yeah, being, well, which you know, is pretty pretty heavy. Uh, right for a kids yeah. show, like whoa, you know th- yeah. these were real stakes here. So you're thinking of Pasokan Travel Tentiden. <laughs> okay, which is which is um, and the English title for it really is Superbook Two and Search for Ruffles and Return to the 20th Century. <laughs> Oh my, yeah. So I'm trying to think of these. Like, I know in the original series, and I'll talk about that second season in a minute. I'm trying to think of the, the original series. I do remember now that you mentioned at the book being able to talk. Yeah, they would open the book and they're like, "Oh, this this story." Like, you know, some it would usually be relevant to what was going on in their normal lives. Like, maybe they would be arguing about something or some sort of thing would be happening. Like, oh, well, this reminds me of this story, and then they would actually go into the Bible and uh, interact with that story, meet the historical characters of that time and, you know, see the story that's going on and there'd be some sort of lesson that would be able to apply to their lives as well. Right. It did seem strange that they would be, well, not strange. I guess it was just a narrative device, basically, that they would have a, a conflict or, or some kind of challenge at the opening of the show. And then, as you said, the, the story would illustrate and I guess how they could learn a lesson to apply to their lives. So it was it was well done, as I recall that. I don't remember thinking, oh, this was not a good episode. I remember thinking they were all pretty good as far as the same quality from one to the next. Yes. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, you're probably also thinking of the second season, which actually the first season was between 81 and 82. Okay. And the second season was April 83 to September 83. Okay, so there so was a, about there was a, a gap. little over a year gap there. Okay. Now, the second series, like I said, Superbook 2, The Search for Ruffles and Return to the 20th Century, but also just known as Superbook. Now, this I remember somehow more. Yep. So, this one was kicked off when Superbook fell onto a computer. Yes. Yes. Uh, and it gave anyone the ability to see into the past from Christopher's home via the monitor. Yeah, this was fascinating to me as yeah. a kid. Yeah, before, before I jump too far, I want to jump into the end credits for the original Superbook. Okay. Just to see if you remember this one. Okay. It's not as, I mean, it's well known if you watched it, but it was never my favorite. But I'll play a little bit of it. Okay. So how do you think that sounds? Um, doesn't sound like it fits with what's going on. No, not not as well. I mean, you can see they're illustrating it, so it is sort of explaining it. Right. But I always thought this theme was very. I mean, first of all, I thought it was weird that they were showing it, but at the end. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it was made at the same time or for it. <laughs> But I remember it, yes, yeah. And then everything turns green. And so you're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the flood's over, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so... Uh, 
I'm also going to play you a little bit of the opening of the uh, Japanese version of the show, too. Okay. To see, you know, if anything sounds familiar or, uh, you know, is there any similarities? Because what I didn't realize was that there was definitely some similarities. <laughs> it's the same song. Oh, wow. So that is the opening credits. So, so is what we hear is like an English translation? Yeah. Okay, well, that's enough of that. But that, that is the, uh, called a Tamaboku no Uta, which is the time book song. The time book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they had a closing credits too, which is different than ours. It's Yukai na Nakamatachi, or My Fun Friends. Okay. I'll let you hear a little bit of it too. Okay. That was the end of the end. That was the end of the first yeah. one. Here's the uh, beginning of uh, the ending of it. That's new to me. <laughs> you can see why they didn't bring that one over to America, though, I think. Yeah, that would be hard to translate. Oh, and there's Ruffles. Yeah. So, very odd, I thought, a little bit. But, yeah, speaking of Ruffles, Ruffles uh, definitely was a main focus of the second series of Superbook because... Ruffles, the Yorkshire Terrier, managed to jump up onto the keyboard and was sucked into the computer. Yes, this was very uh, scarring, you know, for an occurrence. This was high drama. Yeah, and so there was other people in that show at the time. There was Gizmo the Robot, who was not a toy anymore. He used to be in the first season of Superbook, he was a toy, a little figure, and but then when they went to the computer, he was an actual Crusader robot. Was a robot could walk around and do stuff. And this season, Gizmo was already a robot, and there was one other character too, Yuri, right? Yep, Yuri, Uriah. So in the show in America, he was Chris's cousin. In the Japanese version, he is Chris's little brother. Oh, okay. Now, I'm not sure why it was rewritten, if it would be just too traumatic that the brothers were separated and it was okay if it was a cousin. But unlike the previous um, Superbook show, they could just sort of, I mean, Superbook would sort of bring them out by will. <laughs> just <laughs> They would go in and out based on what Superbook thought needed to happen. But in this one, they were um, sort of stuck. Uh, Uriah, Yuri, and uh, Gizmo. Uh, they were jumping through time, essentially, searching for Ruffles. Yes, I remember this This was a... Uh, I really enjoyed this as a kid because it was really neat to see this under this meta-narrative. Obviously, they're walking through, but they have their own quest they're trying to do to find that dog. They had to get that dog home. Right, and, um, you know, it's almost like a little quantum leap-ish. 
I mean, they were they didn't interfere in the goings on. They just kind of observed. Yeah, that is true. I can't remember. I assumed that what Yuri and Gizmo could come home, uh, you know, at will, but they couldn't always find Ruffles, or right. they had trouble finding Ruffles. And they could, um, they could contact, they could communicate with Chris and Joy when. Gizmo would open his chest, he would have a computer monster so they could see their faces. That's right. And then um, Chris and Joy could look through the monitor and communicate with uh, Yuri and Gizmo that way. I remember that. Now, sometimes they would have to run interference and say, hey, where'd Yuri go? Oh, he's, you know, they somehow (laughs) made it up without lying, I guess. I don't think they were trying to teach kids to lie. But they, you know, always was able to run interference for them. They couldn't very well say, he's he's an ancient Israel. But who were they uh, running interference from? Um... Like, like Chris's dad, like Doctor Peepers yeah. or Professor, Professor Peepers, Pref- Professor Frederick Fred Peeper. I remember and, he had like the glasses, and he was kind of a brainy guy. Right? I yeah. guess he built Gizmo. And, 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 and Phoebe Peeper, Chris's mother. I don't remember her at all. Yep, and she was just, I think, usually like bringing them cookies and stuff, <laughs> from what I recall. Um, but yeah, and there was Ruffles, the Yorkshire Terrier. And a super book, Taimobuku, also known as Time Book or Super Book, ancient Bible that took them all around. But this was interesting, and I think this one, I definitely remembered some of the episodes, like you said, the uh, Turning to Salt with Sodom and Gomorrah there. That was a pretty famous one. That's actually the second episode. The first one, uh, when they go in, it's all about Abraham and him com- going to Canaan and Actually, he talks to Melchizedek, and oh wow, it's very, they are very. There's a lot more, um, I guess, deeper cuts in this season than there are in the first season. As far as Bible stories, but there's also longer stories. Like there is a whole set of um, probably four episodes, which is all about the story of Jacob. Okay, or, or a story, 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 story Joseph, story oh, Joseph. Oh, Joseph. You know, he's he's the father's pet. And then he has these dreams, and then he takes one of the, you know, his brothers hostage, and then they all come together, and he reveals himself. That was four different episodes. Seems like I remember that. Yep, and there was one with uh, David. There was a lot with, uh, and then they had some, like, there's a whole episode about this Othniel, the judge. Wow. There's one with Ehud and Eglon. Really? Yep. I want to see that Jephthah's one. Vow is one of the episodes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, those are that's pretty wild. I didn't know that they dug that deep into yeah, those things. And the last two episodes, um, the penultimate episode, which by the way, in that episode, Yuri and Gizmo finally find Ruffles, and Chris and Joy arrive to help them get back home. Oh, I I don't remember all the details, but I do remember them finding Ruffles and being overjoyed as a kid, like, oh thank goodness they finally found that dog. Well, the Bible story in that episode is Athaliah and Joash. Okay. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if that was really getting all of my attention, that episode. I was more worried about the dog, probably, than Athaliah and Joash. Well, the next episode, we had the prophets Hezekiah and Isaiah, so you probably don't remember that one as much either, but I bet you do remember that uh, Ruffles, uh, Chris, Joy, and Yuri and Gizmo uh, get back to their present time. Yes. Yeah, that's... I definitely wasn't clued into what was going on other than what was going on with the kids and the dog that time. Oh, but yeah, I mean, we always liked this show. I, I've got a lot of memories of it just imprinted on me. Uh, our first dog, 
you know, Uriah, the way he spoke, he had a, uh, a little bit of a lisp. He couldn't pronounce his R's well. And by the way, neither could we. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, he didn't say ruffles. He said waffles. And by the way, that was our first dog's name. <laughs> yeah, it was waffles. Um, so that's or how ru- much. Or, that's, or ruffles. I yeah. mean, a lot of people, and I, her real name was ruffles, but yeah, but uh, we called her waffles. Yeah, exactly. Because that's why Yuri called uh, the dog on the show. Because I mean, we were pretty big Superbook fans. I think. Uh, yeah, I may or may not have dropped my Bible on my Apple II computer and <laughs> broke the number eight key off the keyboard. <laughs> Well, you know, we were just trying to get into the the Bible. <laughs> that we have, we have the purest of intentions, right? Yeah, and I tell you, I always thought that the uh, the way that they would portray the graphics on the screen, you know, like oh look, we're looking into the screen and seeing uh, Gizmo and and Yuri walking through the Bible lands, and it was just kind of this not even pixel art. It was like something more you'd see on Atari. It wasn't really that good a graphic, but that made sense to me because the graphics weren't that good at the time. I know, and I just, I could see it. I could see it on my monitor. I mean, in my head, like it could do this. It could display these images if there was just a way to make them. How do you make these graphics to do this? This would be so cool to be able to see these Bible stories, not in this like super realistic graphics, but in this, chunky blocky you know 80s graphics yeah yeah definitely it hit right at the time when uh, you know a target demographic maybe a little uh older than what they were looking for but that's okay i was i was into it <laughs> that's right so um we have tatsunoko productions to think for this they were uh, worked in concert with uh cbn to create these episodes well, thank you tatsunoko productions yeah which uh arigato and so i, st- I started thinking hey wh- what else did Tatsunoko Productions do? So I started looking into that a little bit. And that a very popular series, which had, oh, multiple seasons, five-plus seasons. And the first one came out in uh, October 75 to December 76. And it was broadcast through Japan every Saturday at 6.30 p.m. Had 61 30-minute episodes. Okay. The name of the story was Time Bokan. Time Bokan. Or Taimu Bokan. Time book can, okay. Let me tell you what it was about. It sounds like time book. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Dr. Kieta, a somewhat wacky but intelligent scientist, has finally succeeded in inventing insect-shaped time, mas- time machines. Okay. Called Time Bokan. So to prove its efficiency and safety, he decided to serve as the very first guinea pig for its maiden voyage. Okay. However, by the time his machine returned, there was no trace of him inside. Oh, no. The only thing that returned was a talking parrot. <laughs> okay. Along with a large gemstone called the Dynamond, which is seemingly the most powerful and valuable jewel in the world. Okay. So now it's up to a search party, founded by Dr. Kieta's lab assistant, Tenpai, to travel through time to find Dr. Kieta. <laughs> However, it seems that someone power-hungry is looking for the Dynamond as well, and there were villains that also find, trying to find him too. So the typical plot went like this. The heroes in the story travel to a particular era or space during their search for Dr. Kieta and their hunt for the nature of the Dynamond, meeting famous historical figures in the process. And they eventually encounter some villains, two sides battle each other with their time machines, and the villains always suffer a crushing defeat, either due to the smart foiling of their plans from the heroes or just the villain's own ineptitude. So who are the heroes in the story, you may ask? Well, I'll tell you. There was Tenpei, 
loyal lab assistant to Dr. Kieta. He's a smart and sporty 13-year-old boy. Warm, courageous, genius mechanic. He's often seen sparring with the, another hero, Junko. Who's Junko, you ask? Well, Junko is Dr. Kieta's 10-year-old granddaughter. She was a responsible young girl, always lending, ready to have a helping hand, gentle, caring. Misses her grandfather dearly, thus earning a lot of sympathy from the rest of the team as they search for him. She might seem whiny at first glance, but she's vowing to become stronger under the influence of Tenpai. And there's also Sea Robot, oh, a robot sidekick created by Tenpai. Uh, his power source is the winding key protruding from his back. And he's got a lot of things. He has a flamethrower belt into his nose. His limbs can extend. He can shock others. And, of course, there's, you know, the talking parrot who seems to have some information about where the doctor is. And he wasn't, the doctor wasn't really found until the 27th episode. And there were 67, 61 total, so it took him a while to find him. But I was reading through that, and I thought, you know, that sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar, very familiar. So I'm wondering if that wasn't some sort of, um, I guess, influence on this, if you've got this boy and girl and robot traveling through time trying to find someone. You've got little, I see little bits of the first season there. I see little bits of the second season there trying to find someone. Yeah, that sounds a lot like, well, it sounds a lot like Quantum Leap, but it also sounds a lot like Superbook. Seasons one and two, I agree. They're, I guess you can't steal from yourself, but my goodness, it, <laughs> there's a lot of coincidence there, a lot a lot of parallels, I mean. Yeah, they, they sure gave it a try. But um, so in between the first uh, season of Superbook and the second season of Superbook, the one with uh, Yuri and Waffles going through time and going to some of the more obscure corners of the Bible, I guess, uh, some of the deeper cut stories, there was a... Uh, another Christian anime that was produced. Do you remember it? Yeah, yes. If I think I know what you're talking about. Let me see if I can uh, pull up the theme for you to listen to. Now, this is a, this is a, was a banger in the 80s, this theme, man. <laughs> It also tells you, you know, basically the story of the show. Do we know who like sang these songs? I would be, I'd wonder. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't find out, but yeah, I would love to know. Yeah, I remember this. 
Yep, this is The Flying House, made by the same production company. It was known as uh, in Japan as Tondero Hausu no Daiboken. Okay. Which is Adventures of the Flying House, is what it essentially translates okay. to. And it, it was between April of 82 and March of 83 on TV Tokyo. And then it was distributed, of course, by CBN throughout the U.S. So the story kind of, I mean, if you listen to the theme, <laughs> you kind of get the gist of how it happened. There was that game of hide-and-seek. You had Justin Casey, who was the older boy in the story, and Angela Angie Roberts and their little her little brother, Corwin Roberts, also known as Corky. Now, <laughs> if you had a lineup, I'm not sure, you know, there are definitely similarities between Chris Peeper and uh, Justin Casey. There's a lot of similarities between Joy and uh, Angela Roberts, and even a little bit between Yuri and uh, Corky Roberts as well. Uh, yeah, to the point that when I was younger, I thought that I didn't know the same people did them. And I always thought Flying House is a ripoff of Superbook. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of thought the same thing. I thought, is this like a just a different version, like a slid, you know, Slider's universe, and they're just, you know, sort of encountering the same problems again? Yeah, I, it, it's, I mean, and there was a robot too. Well, they, yeah, they came upon this house. Should they go inside? The answer was yes. Otherwise, there's no show. And uh, they come across a... Uh, Robot called Solar Ion Robot, or Sir, for short. For, uh, short. Yeah, I can't remember his name, because, again, this was the ripoff in my head. And they meet the uh, owner of the house, Professor Humphrey Bumble. Okay. Yeah, again, like Chris's dad, basically. Yeah, and in Japan, he was known as Dr. Tokio Taimu. Okay, like Dr. Time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well. And he introduces the children to his greatest creation, a half-rocket, half-house, one-of-a-kind time machine named The Flying House. And what the professor was trying to do, I don't know if you remember or not, he was trying to recreate Benjamin Franklin's famous lightning experiment experiment with the use of a bat-looking kite flying outside the house. What kind of kite? It was sort of like shaped like a bat. Okay. And he was trying to get the time machine um, charged, a temporary charge, you know, uh, uh, to get it going. But when that happened, the lightning also changed Sir's personality from nice to mean. And he just kind of went berserk and he, you know, went into the controls and finally the flying house ended up back in the past. Yeah, I did not remember the, uh, the method for how they got stuck. Again, another episode, uh, episodic series where people are stuck in time. <laughs> exactly. And they try to say, oh, no, it's going to take us a long time to get back home, you know, because we've got to have to deal with Professor Bumble. He's, you know, misguided. He has a lot of errors trying to get them back. But they're able to uh, witness uh, numerous events of the Bible's New Testament. Oh, so this was focused on the New Testament. Yep, the first episode of Flying House was the birth of John the Baptist. Okay. And then it went through, you know, there's a lot of it. There are 52 episodes of uh, the Flying House. Oh, wow. So I've not seen as many of these as I have Superbook. Yeah, so, I mean, birth of John the Baptist, birth of Jesus, Jesus when he was 12, baptism, the temptation of Jesus is a whole episode. Uh, there are whole episodes of just him telling uh, parables. Hmm. There's one of just the good shepherd and the workers in the vineyard. That's an episode. Uh, it seems like I do remember the kids interacting with Jesus. They would run up and say, Jesus, and they exactly. were really excited about it. And I would always thought, oh, I'm jealous. You know, that's cool. Yeah, it, it, and that, that's true. And there, in the second season, we do see, you know, the betrayal, 
We see him crucified. The Crown of Thorns is an episode, him being a scourge and put on the Crown of Thorns and freeing Barabbas. There's another episode where he is uh, on Golgotha. He goes to the cross and dies. And then there's an episode where there's the empty tomb. And then finally he raises. And the last episode is actually, the last two episodes, 51 is Heartbreak, which is the story of Onesimus, the slave of Philemon. Oh, wow. And 52 is Paul writes Philemon to take back Onesimus. He was baptized and converted. So it was like a two-parter right there. Oh, wow. But I guess they never could really dive into Revelation too much. That would be a bit no, much. No, no. I, w- I would love to see the flying house in Revelation. Can you imagine? But then again, that'd almost be, you know, who, who knows how it'd be. Like, would they be on Patmos with uh, John and like he's telling them about what he's seeing and they're like, you know, I don't think how interactive that would be, I guess. Uh, <laughs> But the unique episode for sure. Um, in that last episode, there was another, basically it was a reverse of what happened. Um, there's another sort of lightning strike and it's, Sir goes berserk again and the, the same thing he did to knock everything loose, he knocks it back the way it was and they go back to their own time period. Oh, so I hope we get home again. They did get home again. Yeah, they did. But it took them 52 episodes and all of the New Testament <laughs> or most of the New Testament, but they did get back home again, and they got to see a lot of exciting things. They got to see Paul bitten by a snake uh, in, after they were shipwrecked on the island of M- Malta. Oh, wow. That's very cool. Yeah, so, among other things, um, all kinds of parables, and you know, uh, more time with Jesus than most of the apostles, I think. That's yeah. I, I remember again. I thought, oh, this is the ripoff, uh, the, you know, of Superbook. But I didn't know. I didn't realize at the time that they were focusing on the New Testament as opposed to the Old Testament. So, good on them for that. Right, and um, yeah, I do remember you know this series as well. I don't think I liked it as quite as much as Superbook, um, but I, I still watched it. I I don't want to say religiously, but I, I watched it regularly. Uh-huh. I'll put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. And there has been a reboot. I don't really have much exposure to it. In 2011, they rebooted it. Rebooted Superbook? Or yeah, Su- Superbook. Superbook, sorry. Um, it's went five seasons. has 68 episodes so far. Yeah, I don't know much about it. I remember that they put out some action figures, and I thought, this doesn't look like it's for me, except they made one gizmo from the 81 series, and I had to buy that. Yeah, oh, of course. But it's, it's set in the 23rd century. So that's, that's one of the main differences. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you've got Chris Quantum. And Joy Pepper, his neighbor, and then you got Gizmo, which is a robot created by Professor Quantum, which is Chris's dad. And then you got Superbook, which is just a device that takes them through a portal to travel back to old New Testament eras during biblical times. Okay, so same, same, <laughs> everything old is new again, nothing new under the sun, as you would read about in Ecclesiastes. <laughs> but uh, to say this show was popular was an understatement, or is an understatement. Um, when it was in Japan, over 8 million people a night watched Superbook. Wow. That, that's a lot. I mean, it was, I Japanese, culture, it was a Japanese primetime television. Oh, wow. If the Bible became the best-selling book in the nation. Oh, well, wow. Then they really succeeded with their, their uh, efforts to get that in front of those people. Yeah, they actually, I mean, it spread to other countries, too. In 1989, uh, Superbook began broadcasting the Soviet Union. And it aired during prime time on the Soviet National Channel. And, Super, and CBN, actually, the network that distributed it, the Christian Broadcasting Network, received over 6 million letters from children uh, 
asking them about Superbook and things like that. Wow, that's really neat. And it's spread throughout the world. More than 500 million people have watched the series. It's in 43 different languages and broadcast in 106 different countries. That is pretty impressive. I'm sure that they did not expect that when they put that together. Yeah, and just think when they originally created this, it just was just an outreach to Japan. They were not even planning on bringing it to America. <laughs> wow. So well done, uh, CBN. Uh, I can't say they've done a lot of great stuff. Some of this stuff has <laughs> been kind of weird. But uh, I definitely think that Superbook and Flying House uh, made their mark. Yeah, and i tell you what. I think they've really missed something with not having more toys of this. I know they made the 81 Gizmo Crusader robot, which is great. But where's my Chris? Where's my Joy? Where's my Yuri and Waffles? And you know what? Just make like a flying house playset. Can you imagine that? Just putting them all in there and flying them around to you know, different things. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that's really neat. And plus, you could make biblical action figures that would go along with them. You could act out the stories. There would be a lot of opportunity, and I think there is definitely a market for that in uh, Christian communities, and fans of the show would buy it. I would buy, you know, some of that stuff just because, you know, I want to recapture my childhood, and and it was just kind of neat. I want to support it. So, yeah, I think they're definitely missing a trick here. Yeah, I got really, I got exposed to a lot of Bible stories through uh, Superbook, too. I mean, if you put Superbook and Flying House together, you've got 104 different episodes of Bible stories. Yeah, and I know there's other cartoons, and there's like Veggie Tales and um, different Christian uh, entertainment that certainly come along after that. And I don't know if you could say, well, Superbook paved the way. Maybe you could. But uh, there's definitely, uh, it's not the same thing to me, you know. Maybe it's it's a generational thing. Maybe I would have been a huge Veggie Tales fan if I'd have been a kid when it was out. But I do remember thinking Superbook was pretty neat. Yep. Um, But yeah, that's... So that's Superbook and uh, The Flying House, your Christian Japanese anime from the uh, early 80s. So if you've never heard of this, you say, I want to see one of these old episodes. Um, I know that uh, CBN has all of The Flying House. You can go watch them all. They're all clickable. You just go to their website and click on it, and you can see any episode. And I think the same with Superbook. I don't know if they're have it distributed there because they're busy pushing their new super book on the CBN website. But YouTube has uh, a plethora of super book episodes. Yeah. I might have to load up the Ehud and Eglon episode just because I don't remember that one. And that story from judges is hilarious. <laughs> it really is. I won't spoil it, but it's certainly worth your time. If you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, read that too. <laughs> All right. Well, um thanks again for listening we'll have another episode soon and hey we made it through january so we'll take these one (laughs) one month at a time (laughs) yeah we may uh talk more about cartoons we may talk about something else we have other things that we enjoy we enjoy talking about uh snacks we enjoy talking about uh different areas of nostalgia and uh just other interests that we have we, we'd like to share. Yep, there's some serials I've been itching to talk about too, so I may want to talk about those. Sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to all that in due time. All right, but uh, until next time, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Follow us uh, on Twitter. Email us at packbrospodcast at gmail.com. And 
packbrospodcast.com is our website, and that's P-A-C-K-B-R-O-S podcast.com. All right. Thanks again. All right. Until next time.